Be it superstition or just an apparition, you suddenly appear inside my heart. Does this strange romance stand the ghost of a chance? Welcome to From the Bleachers. I'm your host, as always, Seamus Clancy, coming to you from the wonderful Bleeding Your Nation Radio Podcast Network. Now I'm recording late morning on Friday. February 4th. You know what February 4th means in Philadelphia, February 4th, 2022, right now. Late last night, we got some breaking news. That Eagles legend, there goes my hero, maybe my favorite figure in the history of Philadelphia sports. Doug Peterson has been named the new head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, that's been talked about for a while, right? Even going back to last season, early last season, when it became really clear the Urban Meyer situation was just going to crash and burn, it made all the sense in the world to me for the Jaguars and their owner, Shad Khan, to look at Peterson, who was taking this gap year, probably still getting paid by the birds after getting fired last January, and think this guy reset the culture in Philadelphia, helped them win a Super Bowl. Let's get him down here and do the same damn thing. I think there might have been better options for Doug, not that he necessarily got them, but just in the sense that Jacksonville does have a history as a chaotic organization. I will say they've made three conference championship appearances since the last time uh, Dallas did, so they have that going for them. They're not as bad as the Cowboys. I'll just say that right now. But I thought maybe the Raiders would be a good fit with him just because they do have a nice nucleus in place. Derek Carr is a, very, is like a good but not great quarterback, but I think back to the way that Doug elevated the, the play of Foles from a guy who was almost out of the league to a guy who was playing like 1989 Joe Montana in the playoffs. So I thought that would be a good fit for him. Maybe the Bears, I get maybe that Chicago didn't want to go back to the Andy Reid coaching tree after with the way the Matt Nagy situation played out. As we know, Nagy succeeded Doug as the offensive coordinator in Kansas City once Doug became the Eagles head coach in 2016. And then Nagy gets hired as Chicago's head coach in 2018. Wins coach of the year as a rookie. The Bears go, what, I think 12 and four. And then again, as we know, uh, Doug knocks him off in the iconic, the legendary, infamous, if you're a Bears fan, double doink game in Chicago in January 2019. But I still think it's a nice fit for Doug. I know there are some Eagles fans that think maybe my boy Motley says, "Ah, I don't know. It's it's a well more strongly than that. Just really mad that Doug's going there. Doesn't believe in the organization at all. But uh, I think it's a situation where Doug isn't looked at uh, kind of obviously as this new hotshot up and coming coordinator, uh, the way maybe, uh, you know, Brian Dabble is with the Giants, where they think they're going to be on the cusp of the next revolution. Because we've already seen what Doug's done. We've already seen him succeed. We've seen him do poorly, especially in the 2020 season. A lot of that might have to be due to roster and the quarterback play. We know that. We all live through it. But given that they have Trevor Lawrence, who coming out of school in, in his time in Clemson, was considered this, this elite, elite quarterback prospect, looked at as the best quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck in 2012, they absolutely burned and wasted and ruined his rookie year under Urban Meyer. But you have Doug, who has this history of molding young quarterbacks. We saw what he did with Carson Wentz in 2016, 2017, parts of 2018, parts of 2019. Really built his career and at one point had him playing like the league MVP. Obviously, the injuries and everything else kind of uh, added up for Carson. But at, a, at one point in time, Doug molded him into this 
the next one up, the next great one, it felt like, in the NFL. So I think getting him with Lawrence, pairing with him, that's the best you're going to do with Lawrence right now in terms of this guy is going to reset the culture the way that you had this uh, poor, poor culture fit, this college coach, Urban Meyer, just destroy the Jaguars organization more than it already was. It feels a little, a little akin to the way that Chip Kelly era exploded in Philadelphia and Doug came in, reset the culture. They had a new young quarterback in Carson Wentz. Doug helped them progress. And obviously, as we know, the Eagles then go and win the Super Bowl. I don't, I don't think that the Jaguars are necessarily going to win the Super Bowl in the next two or three years. But I think having Doug hitching himself to Lawrence is probably the best thing he could have done for himself because he's going to get at least, what, at least two years there, I would think. And if Lawrence is the player that a lot of scouts, a lot of people on the draft community, the NFL community, and even I thought that he could be at the pro level, Doug could be there for a significant period of time. And I will say that his skill position group there, I think, is the best it's been since the Eagles Super Bowl team in 2017 in terms of where he had Ertz at his peak, Alshon on his peak, and then a lot of role players stepping up and performing admirably. Torrey Smith, Corey Clement, J.H.I., LeGarrette Blunt. Down in Jackson, we have Travis Etienne coming back after he missed his entire rookie season with injury. You have James Robinson, who's performed admirably over the last two seasons. You have LaVisca Chanel. Uh, DJ Chark is a free agent, but maybe they resign him and bring it back. If not, I'd love to see him in Philadelphia, and I'm sure we'll talk about that at some other point during the offseason. But I think there's a little bit of a nucleus there that'll work for Doug. Doug should uh, you know, maximize this team, and I'm really, really excited that he's going down there rather than going to uh, an NFC team. We, we saw that he had – interviewed for the Saints job. That was the worst case scenario for me. I, I think I've talked about on the podcast. The Saints are the team outside of the Cowboys that I hate the most in NFL. And given the way that Doug had lost to the Saints in the playoffs and had lost to, to them in the 2018 regular season and the way all those cocky-ass Saints players uh, in the aftermath of the Eagles when the Super Bowl were like, oh, well, if we played the Eagles in that conference championship game, we would have smoked them. I'm like, well, no, you wouldn't have because they lost, you lost to the Vikings and the Eagles smoked the Vikings. So transit of property, you would have got your tail kicked in on the 38-7 game anyone could have gotten it that night. So I hate the Saints. I hate everything. I didn't want. I didn't think that was a good quarterback situation from Doug Jameis. All the time in the world, uh, coming off a huge injury and has never put it together at the pro level. Taysom Hill, my least favorite player in sports. Uh, maybe he could have run some RPO stuff that succeeded with Hurts and Foles in Philadelphia with Hill, but I don't necessarily expect that. I'm glad Doug didn't get stuck in that quarterback situation. And then there was the uh, the talk that he might go to Minnesota, which I felt was kind of poetic in a way, given that the Eagles 2017 absolutely wrecked and destroyed the Vikings franchise because they thought they were a team of destiny. They were going to play the Super Bowl in their home stadium. They thought everything was in front of them. And then boom, 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 Nick Foles, Doug Peterson kicks their tail in an NFC Championship game by a score of 38-7. to And then the franchise is just utterly never the same again. So I'm happy for Doug. I'm happy he's down there. And again, I'm happy he's on the NFC. He's not in the NFC. He's on a team that well, I'm not going to say I'm like a fan of another team, but I'm glad he's in a, a place where he can't necessarily hurt us, given that he's playing in an opposing conference in the AFC South. But I do like that, you know, I can keep my eye on Doug Peterson. I can be happy if he wins some games down there. I can be happy if he makes Trevor Lawrence succeed. And there's some added ammo there because he will now be playing his former quarterback and his former protege, Frank Wright, Carson Wentz, and Indianapolis Colts twice per season. I know it feels like, Every Colts-Jaguars game gets stuck on Thursday Night Football this year. I'm definitely going to need at least one of those games on Thursday Night Football this year. So the whole Philadelphia sports community, they don't have to worry about the Eagles. Thursday night, you get to have this Wentz versus Doug debate, and Twitter just explodes. It goes into a, a frenzy, and hopefully watching the Jaguars beat the Colts there. That would be 
pretty, pretty sweet. And as, as has been discussed uh, by a lot of people on the Twitter timeline, beat writers, I know Jimmy Kemsky was tweeting about this of the Radio Philly Voice yesterday. The Jaguars do come to Philadelphia this year. Uh, the Eagles have a home game against the Jags in 2020 this upcoming season. Obviously, we don't know when that game will be. I think the schedule comes out late March, early April. Uh, or I think has that shifted, I think, since uh, was last year, the year they did it after the NFL draft because they wanted to see how some draft picks played out before they scheduled stuff. I don't know. It'll be, you know, another month, two months, three months before we know the schedule. But I'm sure that's a game that'll be circled by a lot of Eagles fans. Uh, a lot of juice for that one, Doug, coming back into town. I would I would really, really hope that the Eagles uh, game day experience, they do a nice tribute for Doug, make a nice video memoriam. Uh, you know, that seems a little weird. That, that usually happens in the NBA or NHL or MLB, and it's a little different than the NFL. You only have eight home games per season, hopefully nine or ten if things break perfectly for your team. Uh, but if it's before the game, before the player introductions, they're just doing something for Doug. I think it's really special. And really, he's literally the only guy to accomplish what he did in Philadelphia. Uh, an Eagles head coach to win the Super Bowl, and then has to be remembered. Maybe they take a picture, a nice picture outside with him and Jeffrey Lurie outside of that statue. I think that would be really cool. Again, I'm not saying that I want Doug here to come in here and uh, beat up on the birds. I, I hope the Eagles win, you know, 65 to nothing in that game. That's the ultimate scenario where you always want the Eagles to beat the crap out of whoever they're playing. But I think it should have some good vibes, good energy, a lot of juice in that game. Now, ideally, I hope it's coming early in the season, maybe some nice weather. I think that'll be a monster, monster tailgate for a lot of Eagles fans. That's a ticket. You'll never think that the Jaguars game might be the most expensive ticket of the year. I'm not ready to go that far yet, but I think there will be a lot of energy and bubbling buzz in the fan base, and that'll be a really uh, exciting one. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. The Eagles do have some juicy games on their schedule this season. Uh, but right now, as of right now, that's the game I'm circling the most, and I think that'll you – know, just the Eagles. You have this – it's an unprecedented situation. The Eagles have had one coach in the history of their franchise to win the Super Bowl. And before this, it still felt like Doug was our guy, right, because he hadn't gone to another organization. He had that year off, and we were still thinking of him as he's our coach. Like, and remember the Titans, you're our coach, coach. And now he's someone else's, and it's it's a little weird that way. And I guess that's not necessarily going to totally change because even Nick Foles has been on two teams since – he left Philadelphia, Jacksonville. Maybe what if Foles goes back to Jacksonville, gets out of Chicago, goes back there, backs up Trevor Lawrence. I'm not sure the Jaguars organization wants that because of the baggage that comes with Foles being this guy who's had the, the pinnacle of success under Peterson, and they don't want that baggage, and they won't, they don't want him breathing down Lawrence's neck, and they did just sign him to a huge contract. What is that, three years ago now? And that didn't go well in the slightest. He gets hurt in his first season there, Minshew outplays him, gets dealt to Chicago, all that stuff. But I still, you know, ultimate uh, entertainment value for an outsider, for an Eagles fan, is for Foles to go down there, and you never know what happens then when Foles is in play as the backup. And he, literally, literally anything can happen when Nick Foles is on your team. So I do wish Doug success there. I don't wish him success against the Eagles, obviously. I wish him a lot, a lot of success uh, against the Colts and Frank Wright and Carson Wentz. And, you know, I'm someone who's been anti-Frank Wright in a way where obviously I'm so thankful for the input and uh, what he did for the Eagles during the Super Bowl season in 2017. But I also I think his contributions are a little overstated uh, amongst the football community. And people don't give Doug Peterson enough credit for what he did in Philadelphia. And I know that's a sentiment amongst a certain sector of the Philadelphia Eagles fan base, especially online on Twitter. I know Twitter isn't real life and isn't representative of the whole Eagles fan base. But that is a situation where 
I really want Doug to get his kudos, and I hope he comes out with his best game plan possible and smacks the Colts whenever they play. And it's poetic in a way. I already used the word poetic in this podcast, but it's true or symbolic or however you want to say it, that the night before the Eagles have their fourth anniversary of their lone Super Bowl title in the, league in the history of the franchise, Doug Peterson gets hired. And it feels like the, the end of an era in a way when I'm saying Doug is no longer truly, truly our guy. He's his own person. He's going to Jacksonville. He's he's Jacksonville guys now. He's the Jaguars fans guy. And I know there aren't uh, – maybe Jason Mendoza is the only real Jaguars fan that's known widely down there. But you get what I'm saying. He's their guy now. And looking back on that Super Bowl, the timeline on Twitter this morning was absolutely electric, amazing. Everyone posting videos of themselves celebrating, pictures of themselves celebrating, pictures and videos of the huge moments in that Super Bowl game. Again, I'm recording this on Friday, February 4th, the fourth anniversary of the Eagles Super Bowl win. And oh, there's so many great moments in that game. Foles played, he played the greatest player of all time in a quarterback matchup. That guy played his best game ever. And Foles still came out victorious. What a world we live in. What a life we've lived as Eagles fans. All the triumphs and peaks and valleys throughout our lives. And that one night, that one night, we could be heroes just for one day, as, as David Bowie would say. And you have Corey Clement. You have Nick Foles. You have all these guys who didn't even do a lot in their careers. Halapoli, Vadi Vitae, Big V plays like prime Jason Peters for one night. Stefan Wisniewski looks like what? Zach Marlin, Zach Martin in the Cowboys prime, Zach Martin in his in his all-pro form, or Alan Fanica or Will Shields. He's playing like a Pro Bowl all-pro offensive lineman. And just all these things coalesce and come together. Everyone did their job that night to a perfection, to a T, whatever you want to say. And now we get to remember that every day, the rest of our lives, and all culminates on the anniversary of February 4th uh, every season. And I know some people will be like, well, it's, you know, get over it. Stop celebrating. And I saw that some on the timeline today. Like, you know, let's not be Cowboys. I'm like, no, shut the F up. I'm going to be talking about this day for the rest of my life. I think about it literally every day I wake up. Not surely like the first thing I think of when I wake up, but there's some point every single day of my life over the last four years where I think about the fact that the Eagles won the effing Super Bowl. Something we all dreamed about forever, thought that it would never happen, could never happen. We thought that season could never happen after Carson Wentz goes down with that injury. And we are left with Nick Foles, Doug Peterson, calling the game of his life. Nick Foles playing better than almost any quarterback we've ever seen for one single evening. We could be heroes just for one day. And they were. What a night. And, you know, I'm sure there are a lot of Eagles fans let's say the majority of them who feel like their life has never been the same. And I know I'm in a very u- unique position, just kind of how my life spiraled after that, given that the Eagle Super Bowl parade, I met a girl at the Eagle Super Bowl parade, kind of famous, blew up on Twitter. I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you know me, you know the story I'm talking about. I talked about it on the podcast a, a week or two ago. And now I, I married the girl I had met on Broad Street during the Eagle Super Bowl parade, or I should say I'm not married yet. I got engaged. She's uh, got engaged two Fridays ago. I'm recording this on Friday. And just uh, I met the love of my life, my soulmate at the Eagle Super Bowl Parade. And every time I look at her, I'm happy for the life I have. I'm happy that we have this bond and this kinship and we have this connection that will last forever. But the same time, I, when I look at her, I'll have to think about it the same time as if it wasn't for Doug Peterson, if it wasn't for Brandon Graham, it wasn't for Nick Foles, it wasn't for everyone on that roster, I'd be alone right now. 
and that's sad and maybe that's weird or obviously it's a butterfly effect what if i have no idea what my life would be like otherwise if the eagles didn't win super bowl that day four years ago today if they didn't win but guess what i don't want to know what that life's like because i love my life i love where i'm at i love my fiance I love my friends and i love the birds i think that's a good way to wrap it up a little quick 15 minute hitter friday podcast all right enjoy your weekend maybe have a celebratory beverage today for the Eagles Super Bowl win. If you don't drink, that's obviously understandable. I might have a nice cold Kenwood. We'll see how today plays out. This is the last thing I've, I've worked Sunday for Liberty Ballers, covering the Sixers game, Sixers-Bulls game. Obviously, if you're an Eagles fan, you might be a Sixers fan too. I write for LibertyBallers.com, which is our sister or brother site, however you want to say it, all on an SB Nation banner with Bleeding Green Nation, putting out tons of great work, as do all the SB Nation sites, specifically the Philadelphia ones. You have the good fight for Phillies coverage, Broad Street Hockey, for Flyers coverage, brotherly love for uh, union coverage. And I don't know, man. I'm happy to be alive today. And every, every February 4th, rest of my life will be is always a special day because of the way everyone who was around that team in 2017, not necessarily around the team in the locker room and all those things, but just a part of that run. And every single Eagles fan is a part of that run. Doesn't matter if you watched every game or your, you know, your great grandma who only watched the Super Bowl, you are. If you were an Eagles fan that year, you are a Super Bowl champion. You are a Super Bowl hero in your own right. You have your own memories and things that you will look back on for the rest of your life and remember exactly where you were that day, what you ate, what you drank, what, what route you took in your Uber to, wherever you were going, where you celebrated on Broad Street afterwards, who you were with, who you cried with, who you hugged, who you jumped around and celebrated with. And that's what it's all about. It's the communal aspect of being a Philadelphia Eagles fan. And we've never reached a high like we did on February 4, 2018. And I have to say, even if the Eagles win the Super Bowl again, the first time is always the sweetest. And nothing will ever be like that day again the rest of my life. And it's the last time I had a major life event uh, for me without my current fiance. And that felt like the book out of my life. I had just graduated college uh, five, six weeks beforehand. Uh, after tumultuous college tenure, I took some time off, got plus on medical leave for some mental health issues when kind of built myself back up put myself together and uh, one phase of my life ended with the, the moment I had spent my whole life dreaming about. And I'm almost getting, I'm getting a little choked up as I did in the podcast uh, a week or two ago. And I was talking about my life and after getting engaged to, to Ashley. And I just think 27 Eagles team is so, so special for so many people. And, and for me, obviously too. And thank you to Doug. Thank you to Nick. Thank you to Brandon Graham for the, Greatest play in the history of Philadelphia sports who wished my fiance and I a congratulatory statement after the Eagles had uh, on, on Fox 29 News uh, last week. And I will say shout out to the Eagles Community Relations Department. Let me find their names um, because if you saw my Instagram post and my Twitter post, the Lincoln Financial Field on every scoreboard earlier in the week that had it said on there, I kid you not. Congrats, Seamus and Ashley. I posted on my Twitter. I posted on my Instagram. You can find me on there at Seamus and Clancy. And the Eagles community relations team, uh, thank you so, so much for that. That's that's just uh, mind-blowing that I could ever see something where my name is on the Eagles scoreboard. And they're congratulating me for something that happened because of guys like Foles, Doug, BG, uh, helped me reach the pinnacle of my life. And I want to thank... Uh, I'm going to mispronounce her last name, but I do want to thank her. Carly Panaccia and Taylor Wilson of the Eagles Community Relations Department. I do want to thank you so, so much for putting that together and means the world to me. And hey, maybe one day we're having our wedding at Lincoln Financial Field. How funny would that be? 
All right. Good luck to Doug in Jacksonville. Just not good luck when he's playing the birds. Thank you for everything, Doug. Thank you for everything for everyone who was on that 2017 Eagles roster. And what a ride we had. And I pray to the football gods that one day we will be able to have a similar ride in our lives as we reach Super Bowl glory. Again, that's it for me, Seamus Clancy. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Seamus underscore Clancy. You can follow the BGN Instagram page that I run with our great producer, Rachel Appling Green Insta. Have a great weekend. And like I say, as always, keep leading green. Yeah.